Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hi, everybody. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. And we are here at our 100th episode. It's so crazy. That's so awesome. I was thinking about that when we were preparing for the show, like, okay, 100 episodes. I feel like we've done something. We've done a lot of something. I know. I, I'm Those of you who listen, who have podcasts yourselves, uh, know how much work it takes to do two shows a week for, you know, a while. Yeah. Over a year. And to make that and, and to somehow make some of them interesting. <laughs> and we've never missed a week. I think there no. was, I think the only time it did get dicey yeah. was during our fires last year yeah. when you had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think we missed one I there. think that was the only show we ever missed. So world crisis. That was before shrink. <laughs> that was before shrink chat. We were actual just safety talk. was yeah. the only time we, we missed it. And you know, there've been weeks where we certainly weren't in the mood, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of put our game faces on and, and did it anyway. And it, t- it just takes a lot of... So that just tells you, I mean, I guess all that to say, not necessarily to toot our own horn, but to say we're committed and we're enjoying it. Um, and that we, we, we think it's meaningful. We care about it. We want it to be good. So we're here doing it. So... Our 100th episode, uh, I wanted to give a little context. So our first episode uh, was September 5th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And it was, what did we call it? Introduction to Terror. <laughs> and what it was, was our own our own first horror movie remembrances, right? Like what, yeah, what um, right. oriented us to it and why we fell in love with it. Right. And so we talked about that. And I remember us sitting, on the, we were sitting in my kitchen table. Yeah. The dining room table. A terrible sound quality. Terrible sound. Um, speaking into a phone. Yeah. Speaking into a phone and not even our own phones, but just my phone sitting on the. Right. Because two phones, there'd be an echo. Yeah. yeah. We, we tried the two phones and we would just echo each other. It was a whole, it was like a learning curve for us, but we yeah. did it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like rip the bandaid, just do it. Just mm-hmm. put something out there. And I encourage any creative person out there to do that. You just do it. You just do it's it. Not perfect. Whatever. I think we're what we're gonna do for some extra content here on Patreon is we're gonna listen to that episode. Oof, yeah. Um, so those of you who are on Patreon or are interested in becoming a patron uh and wanna support us uh with a few bucks a month, uh that'll be over there soon, which is gonna be really embarrassing. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, what do you remember about before we started doing the podcast and like, how did we get there? Well, uh, this is how we, if you want me to go to the real origin of this, yes, please. So I think this may have come up on other episodes that, um, so Shannon and I did one of our training sites for our doctorates together, um, back in 2012, I think. Mm So eight years ago now, and we were sitting in um, this back office, which was like a trailer (laughs) and it was an addiction um, rehabilitation center. And and so it was like a really heavy placement. So we, you know, when you work in places like that, you find really try to find really light things to talk about. Um, And so we were getting to know each other and we really 
connected right off the bat. You and I, we, mm-hmm. we had the same sense of humor. But what we didn't yet know was our love of Halloween. And so it was August, and I started saying how I start to decorate the house in August because it's such a short season. And you sort of chimed in and said you were obsessed with Halloween. And then you said, oh, my gosh, I have, you know, a, a big house not too far from here. Let's let's do a party. And so <laughs> I immediately get on dark side displays and I'm like, oh, my God, we need these plates and these animatronics. And, and yeah. then so for a few years we were doing really big Halloween parties and dressing up and people would come yeah. all decked out and um, did food and even dress Belle up, my dog. Like it was just like <laughs> it was a really big thing that we every and for a long time going to Shannon's house was not, I, I did not, um, clearly I didn't put it together as, as podcast stuff, but I always felt like it was Halloween going, <laughs> going to her house because there's so much affiliation with that season in this house. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. It's, it, and so when we, I don't, I'm not remembering the first conversation about the podcast really, but I know that we, we both had, an interest in a, in a long-term decades long, even before we were in the mental health field, interest in, uh, true crime and Mm -hmm. criminal psychology. And we had both, uh, wanted to be sort of in the forensic world at some point. And you went on to get a forensic, uh, PhD. And I had always, you know, I'd been writing papers about Charles Manson in my undergrad as an English, as an English major. So we had, but we had that in common. Mm -hmm. Somehow we started talking about that and realized that we both had a depth of information and interest in that. That, and I think to couple it with our interests in like depth work and personality disorders Mm -hmm. and sociopathy. And so even like it tied in with the psychological. Yeah. And we had talked about stuff in our personal lives that had drawn us to, um, different uh types of personalities and so we just you know we were becoming really good friends yeah so we talked and we would go to horror movies or we would watch horror movies together. we would have marathons at shannon's house there of, you go of and order food and watch like back to back and it's like some of them were terrible some oh we haven't even talked about some of the crap we've watched no, in the past we, we will <laughs> we should <laughs> one in particular yeah, we're <laughs> both looking at each other going yeah the circle of shit oh god yeah <laughs> For those of you who know that reference, you, yeah. will, know, you will know that reference. And oh. for those of you who don't, we'll probably talk about it in maybe an upcoming shrink chat. But that would mean I'd have to watch it again. Oh, God. Um, Traumatizing. So, so, yeah, I don't remember how it came up, but we talked about... You started about- dropping... Every once in a while, you'd be like... I think you, you said a couple times that you wanted to do something. And I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And it was sort of like, yeah, I think I kept mentioning it. And then one day you came with some like real ideas yeah. and then we got serious about it. So. Yeah. I think I had been, you know, everybody knows how creative projects sort of work. It's like something in the back of your head is going, Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about this? And you start, you start, um, verbally processing it with the people closest to you like hey it would be fun if we did this and sometimes and you do that your whole life and sometimes people go let's do that well we talk about it so much when we're together naturally that we're like let's share it with the world let's just (laughs) record our conversations you know that's how radio shows start Mm -hmm. i guess and i imagine that's how a lot of podcast stars it's like somebody you know taps into their own narcissism and says i think what we talk about is interesting <laughs> let's let's see if other people do too mm-hmm. and it was also uh, a way to just talk about the things we like and make commitments to doing it and we're both um 
we would always get a lot out of our conversations just personally. Mm -hmm. And it's also forced us, I guess, to to read about this stuff and watch a lot I of horror movies. I have learned so much. Me too. Even stuff that I've had to prep for court or things that I've had to read for the show mm -hmm. have helped me grow as a clinician and a psychologist tremendously. Not Maybe not the slasher stuff. No, but even there, you know. Yeah, because we've had, you know, psychological discussions around that stuff but i feel like having these conversations with you weekly mm -hmm. it's made me want to go into more depth about yeah certain areas in our field related to trauma and psychopathy and things Absolutely. like that which we already naturally liked talking about um, and i also remember thinking we really started this as a passion project but it was we're going to have fun with it if we get listeners great if mm -hmm. not we're going to have fun and then as the listening grew it made it more fun because we figured that people were also enjoying it so we love yeah, that. it kind of it fuels us i think in a lot of ways it's not that we would necessarily stop doing it if people not very many people were listening to it we yeah. would probably just fixate on those 20 people and do it for them yeah but it also it also ups our game a bit because yeah. i feel a responsibility yeah. To people who take time out of and their listen. world mm -hmm. to listen and then take extra time out to write us an email or comment or give us a piece of information or play along or make a joke or whatever mm -hmm. or mention us um, mm -hmm. on Twitter or what have you. Uh, I That now it's like, okay, well, I if you, there's that energetic mm -hmm. um, exchange, mm -hmm. which every performer... And we were so surprised. You. I mean, Shannon would send me, she's like oh my God, we doubled our listeners from last week. And I was like, people are actually listening to this? In the beginning, it was like, wait, what? This was, okay, so this was when I knew it was going well. I, I went to Peru last year. A friend of mine and I um, climbed Machu Picchu, which is really extraordinary if you've never done it. But you you get to know the the people you're climbing with because, you know, depending on your trail, you're doing anywhere from like three to six days. So they become this family with you and it's very spiritual and it's a lot of work and the Inca trail is very hard. So you get to talk to people along the way and you get to know about their lives because you're with like 10 people. And this one woman um, who I was talking to, and I still want to bring Sue on the show because mm -hmm. she is the one who had... Um, herself and a friend of hers had an encounter with Ted Bundy back in the day we were talking about. So I had started telling her about our show and she goes, Oh, that sounds great. She gets back to Tennessee. I come back to LA when this is done. And she said, Oh my gosh, my son who lives in Tennessee, I think, or somewhere out there, mm -hmm. she goes, he listens to your show. And I, and I said, wait, but like Are our sure? terror talk, because <laughs> sure? I think there've been a couple podcasts yeah. in the past. You're that, totally trying to talk her out of it. Yeah, I was like, are you sure? And she goes, no, I have the, the your logo, the, yeah, your, and, and that's where I was like thinking maybe only people in the LA area or something, but that was really kind of cool. Yeah. I had a similar experience early on where my cousin who lives in North Carolina listens to the show in the beginning and has been an OG listener from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We both have relatives. Mm -hmm. um, Kathy's brother is the same. In North Carolina too. Right, there you go. Yeah. So um, I remember him saying, you know, he went to his art class or something and somebody there knew about it or something. Oh, and I was funny. just like, wait, what? <laughs> Our terror. I'm sorry. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you vetted this person? Are they lying to you? I mean, yeah. you, we're just so quick to. Well, and there's so many podcasts out there. Exactly. And we're really quick to like not 
think it's about us, which is no. hilarious. Yeah. Um, so it brings me to my thought of, you know, a little bit like a bigger thought of why, because we're not, we're not um, ridiculous enough to think that it's just about us. It's also about the fact that we talk about things that are really popular. Well, you put horror on anything and it, that yeah. just that word alone is going to draw people. So right? yeah. And true crime these days as well. Mm -hmm. And, and documentaries and different psychological issues, I think are very much, uh, what I've learned is they're very much talked about in, um, the wider culture at large. And they're certainly in all, I've always contended that every, every movie is a mental health movie. And so it's like, we talk about horror films. We talk about films in general. We talk about uh, psychopathy. We talk about uh, true crime. And so I just wonder what do we psychologically, I think it would benefit us to have a quick discussion about why those things are so popular. Um, I think that the one thing that terrifies us the most, but we're the most fascinated by is death mm. because it's, it, we've all been through birth, right? right. And we may not remember it, Right. But we all are heading towards death. Mm -hmm. And we, I think, sometimes fear suffering more than death itself. You know, I mean, some, pe right. some people, depending on who you ask, most people will tell you, I'd rather have a gun put to my head and be put out of my misery than be tortured or have a horrible illness or something where you actually have to experience the death. So I think what, at least for horror, and even with the true crime series, I would say that it's the closest we get to an impending doom or death without experiencing it. Mm -hmm. But I would also add that we have a natural fascination or curiosity about danger, which is necessary for survival. Okay. So mm -hmm. some of these things are really instinctual, you know, and we think about, you know, Freud and sex and death being the two. Well, like also fear of the dark, you fear, know, yes. fear of predatory animals, the things that are just in, in you know, poisonous spiders, snakes, etc. Right. Anything that um, sort of highlights our mortality. Mm -hmm. So we also get this incredible adrenaline rush. So um, we, we've talked about the brain on the show before and our amygdala, which is our emotional brain. We get this huge rush of adrenaline, um, which science has actually shown can involuntarily improve our amygdala. So if we are putting, it's almost like exposure therapy in a way. Mm -hmm. So fear, anxiety can, can reduce considerably after ongoing exposure to certain things. So when, you know, I'd much rather watch a horror film than induce my own panic attack. If uh, I, <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So these are ways that are, are natural ways that the amygdala activates itself without us having to go through an actual trauma to repair, which I think is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, it's like, what is horror anyway? Right. Horror is tension, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're tense the whole time. Obviously you get a, a dopamine rush from fear, just like you do from sex or anything else. So there's a, there's, and I think the best horror films have a, have a relevance to our lives because mm -hmm. we, we see themselves in, in them. Uh, but they also have a certain amount of uh, unrealistic mm -hmm. situation. There were two, it, 
there was an article I was looking at that it said it may also depend on the person, which clearly in psychology we know that. So, for example, ghost stories, the danger cannot be seen, and slashers, the danger is overt. So, like, what terrifies us more? The right. absence of something or the presence of something? Right, and how it's all, uh, those those nuances are all based in our own psychology. Like, I could speak about, I'm often scared of movies and am drawn to these kinds of movies and am interested in movies that have that religious theme. We've talked about that before, like the exorcist and the apostle was also, Mm. you know, I, and I'm drawn to it. Not so much that I think, you know, a scary, you know, exorcist is going to come through the door, but more that there's something in my psyche that comes from my upbringing that, is interested in investigating those those good and evil archetypes and and i i think that's relevant in the sense that you know i had a lot of religious exposure when i was a kid and so i think those things come from us individually and then i would extrapolate that to okay well if i'm interested in looking at the collective unconscious and the shadow and the archetypes that are coming through maybe that or ghost stories or whatever my favorite stuff is then other people are too they don't make movies that only one person sees mm-hmm. and then and then i feel like a part of the culture and i feel like a part of the collective unconscious and i'm connected to that mm-hmm. And that means I'm connected to people and all of us humans are really just looking for that connection. For sure. Um, The other, I completely agree with that. And to sort of continue with that, as far as how we all sort of function the same way, philosophers, Aristotle, I think may have said this, we were discussing like self-induced fear as we renew ourselves emotionally by taking emotions that are difficult to deal with and purging these emotions from our system through experiencing um, watching art. So how art can induce that. But so for people who might be feeling fear in their life, but compartmentalize it, or they don't want to deal with the reality of it, they might watch something like this to let that emotion come out. Yeah, I think that goes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, movies in general are like that too, right? Mm -hmm. Not just horror, but, you know, your work, I've worked through a lot of relationships by watching movies, (laughs) you know? I've worked through a lot of, you know, people will say, I I felt really sad, and so I, you know, watched a a really sad movie Mm -hmm. and cried and everything, Mm -hmm. and it was a way... I I would maintain it was a way of getting out that emotion, exactly Mm -hmm. like you're saying, and also not feeling alone. Right. Feeling like um, you're sitting there with, you know, 10 friends and we're all crying together about it or what have you. You don't have to feel as alone. Um, And I I think what you're saying is there's different, probably different ways to get that because I know that horror horror can be all kinds of different things. It's like, there's gore, right? Mm-hmm. Like gore watching. So that's really that's really high sensation seeking. Yep. So if you're a sensation seeking person, you probably very much like that, like gore, like as much gore as possible. And a lot of people don't. That's a really specific. Mo- mm-hmm. More people like like the psychological thriller, or the ghost story. They often are a lot more popular, but there's obviously this niche market for slasher movies where, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, the gore has like low empathy and high sensation seeking and these like dominant males that, you know, are the killer and that it's mm -hmm. usually right. Like mm -hmm. there's these tropes and then, but then there's like thrill watching. Right. So, um, you might be still high sensation seeking as a person, mm -hmm. you know, wanting that, but they're what you were mentioning, like more motivated by the suspense mm -hmm. in, in the, but so there's a high empathy and there's like problem solving and there's right. Yeah. And that's as opposed to low empathy with the gore stuff, because people are just going to die. So you can't mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. be in them or you, and you, and you also kind of know what's going to happen. You're not going, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, they kill them. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. No, but the the more suspenseful ones is more high empathy. You're putting yourself in their in their shoes, and the fear is coming from like identification with the victim, right? Mm -hmm. And I think with the gore, you're identifying with the killer in more ways, actually. I think yeah, and we've we've talked about that on the slasher episode. Mm -hmm. This was the one last piece that I wanted to bring up just regarding our brains, which I think is mm -hmm. so always interesting when they talk about the music that they often use in more of the slasher and the gore, but sometimes, sometimes in the, in the thrillers is this screechy discordant, nonlinear noises that mm -hmm. build and crescend sound enough. They sound enough like a baby scream yeah. that they actually activate the same genetically hardwired response pathway in the brain. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's really So crazy. It, it's just, it's just enough to get somebody to, um, pay attention and be alert just like a mother or father might be to a newborn baby. Like that's an emergency sound. Wow. Well, and that speaks to what you were saying before about the survival instinct and mm -hmm. the primitive part of this. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's also a primitive part of this that I could relate to uh, dreaming, being mm -hmm. dreaming and being awake. I mean, I, I think that sometimes, especially in horror is you know, the sensation of watching a movie is somewhere between being conscious and, and dreaming. Right. And, um, totally. And I, I think there's a, I think I read somewhere there's like a theory of that, like a contemporary theory of that uh, in psychiatry around. Well, I mean, I do know that, you know, dreaming and sleeping is the way it was reparative, obviously, but dreaming is the way that you know, brains are sort of sorting through all the bits of information. And that's why a lot of times dreams don't make any sense. They don't, it's not like you wake up and go, ah, oh, the answers to, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of work through that stuff, but the images and the connections and the, the, the random stuff or seemingly random stuff, it's all emotion based. Mm -hmm. And I think that movies, metaphorical sometimes, and maybe that's why I've always loved them and been completely obsessed with movies my whole life is that, it's you're you're working through stuff mm -hmm. and you're you're also in a in a dream state or in a twilight state mm -hmm. watching movies i would some I would, more than I would argue. some some movies more than others too oh, for sure that i've come out of going i felt like i was in it yeah um where others i'm clearly just sort of the spectator and not as pulled in but well yeah. unlike horror movies you know we i think most of the time in horror movies you're facing the unknown mm -hmm. you know you're um and then try attempting to understand it unless to make it less scary. Unless it's a remake. And yeah. I'm just so done with the remakes. There's so many. Yeah. It's funny. I've seen lists all over the internet about like, you know, the top three remakes of 2020 and like all that. I think the grudge is coming out again. It's already out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some of the reviews. They're mixed. 
Mm. Some people get real mad at that stuff. So I guess before we take a break, I did want to just mention that part of our journey has been to add a second show. Like we did not start out by doing two shows a week. We started out by doing an 18 minute first episode where like we were saying spoken around the kitchen table about our first movie our first horror movie experiences it's only 20 minutes long and we just kept doing them once Mm -hmm. a week right and then what ended up happening and maybe you remember this conversation maybe you don't is i sort of said you know we're doing a lot of good work with the terror talk show we had done uh we had had conversations about ted bundy and um you know, leaving Neverland with Michael Jackson and, you know, Jordan Peele's movies and the psych stuff in there. And we had done a lot of this really interesting work, Charles Manson. It was right after I had kind of spearheaded the, you know, six episodes on Charles Manson. And I think what happened is I was kind of crushed by, I want to keep doing that because we have, a lot of different ways we can go lots of great documentaries lots of great great true crime psychology i feel like i feel like we have something to offer in that in that realm but we're getting away from being able to you know talk about the movies we watched and bring up psych stuff that's from the news and have fun and laugh and be ourselves which can often be quite ridiculous yeah and we were kind of getting into like our smarty pants in terror talk and using a lot of our knowledge hopefully what we what we bring to the table in our in our fields and we wanted to keep doing that but i was like ah, i kind of need that companion show where yeah. we could so we just were like well let's try it mm-hmm. and again it was 20 minutes long mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just gave it a shot and the first one was uh july 5th of 2019 so we haven't been doing that show as long and we've actually you know, those of you who have been listening all along, you probably noticed before we did, but it's sort of grown into its own thing, which I'm pretty it has. happy about. It has. And I I love them both for different reasons. Me too. I, I love recording them both for very different reasons. Me too. Do you remember us talking about it? Like originally, the Shrink Chat yeah. show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just needed to add something. Mm-hmm. So... We're going to take a break. Uh, It's our 100th episode, so we wanted to uh, talk a bit about the show, and so that's what we're doing today. Please come back. We're going to talk some more after the break. While we take a break, go follow us on Instagram at Terror Talk Podcast, Twitter at Talk Terror, or on our Facebook page, Halloween All Year Long. If you prefer email, it's terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. So reach out. If you like us, you can help us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page. We upload new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Keep coming back, but first, stick around for more of our show. We're back. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. This is our hundredth episode, so we're we're reflecting. We are reflecting and kind of looking forward as well. So we're going to do that in this segment. I wanted to reflect on sort of what the show is right now, and also kind of some of our most popular episodes and a little bit about them, but also sort of things that surprised us and things that didn't, and then uh, go from there. I was. Um, 
So, of course, some of our episodes that have the biggest numbers are episodes that have just been around longer, you know, mm-hmm. things that we so we've done true crime psychology series um, on Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Charles Manson, Richard Kuklinski, Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. That those are the five that we've done. Mm-hmm. And the first one we did was um, Ted Bundy and we did three episodes on ted bundy right yeah i was yeah yeah those those were quickly popular but also have ongoingly been popular they get a few i think that i decided to do the bundy series when there was still a lot of hype around his movie and i don't know if i intentionally did that but it ended up being right after that i went to sundance and the ted bundy like thing with zach efron was was topical i think too yeah, and I I also think it was just that that was someone you felt like you knew about. I had done a lot of research on him. So why not yeah. not mm-hmm. why not talk about it in this context and then kind of con- try to construct it. And so that was kind of one of our most popular thing and things at the time and still is one that I believe people will, you know, new listeners will scan through the episodes and kind of choose our true crime psychology obviously. So those get a lot of listens. I remember I remember doing that, and and when I listen back to them now, it's like the sound quality, oh. and the, you know, and I think, man. For any of you who have been listening since the beginning, thank you yeah. that you gave us a tr- chance so for the, <laughs> the sound to change, because there were times where I Shannon said, did you listen to our episode this week? Part of it. I had a really hard time listening to our, our sound. <laughs> I'm like, uh, the sound's really bad. And Kathy so if was- I'm listening to part of it. Well, actually, yeah. what I remember is you would say, I don't think it sounds that bad. <laughs> I think at the beginning I was so excited. And then the more I would listen to it, I would I would be like, this is really hard to listen to. Yep. And then there was a period of time where Kathy was not able to come and record shows with me either. That was like the majority of our first many, yeah, many months. Yeah, I was recording from my house and you were, yep. Yeah, and... You know, it was it was interesting. Some sound better than others, and I think the content. And I got this from a listener once. They on social media, they were like, "There's really good stuff in there." Not just the Ted Bundy, but other. It was actually later just other the, episodes. the series. There's really good stuff in there. But could you guys please fix your sound? <laughs> I'm like, we we did. It was actually, actually we got after, that right after the Amanda Knox. It was actually we had just done that. And that person wrote to me and I was like, we did, we did listen to like this week's episode or whatever it's, I I swear to God, we were working on it, but we had Mm -hmm. to save up the money, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to get the system going. But anyway, so yeah, Ted Bundy, um, Charles Manson was of course really popular just as far as one of my favorite episodes, um, to do. And I was actually more of a listener in this one was your, Manson episode on the when you walked us through the Tate LaBianca because I had known I had known the enough about it sure but I think you when you walked us through it I felt like I was really I I could have just closed my eyes and been there and clearly you don't you wouldn't want to be there but what I'm saying is it was done really well and I also had pictures up and stuff while you were talking about it which yeah, to kind of inform yourself about. Like, yeah, but I were. really liked 
that episode a lot. Yeah, it's interesting because that was the second to the last episode in that series, actually. So it was what, and, the fourth episode? Because uh, I think you did five. I did six. Oh, then it was five. Yeah, it was five. And so, and it and it is a popular episode. Because people know yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, you know, and, and of course, we're not idiots. We title the episodes, hopefully, so that you know what you're getting. And so that one is titled mm-hmm. Tate LaBianca Murders. And that's something people are going to click on, like, oh, I'm going to hear about that or talk about that. And even even though I've um, read about, you know, cult leadership and Charles Manson and different things, and Jim Jones was one of the things I used to write about in undergrad as well, um, for several decades, I learned stuff while researching that for sure, because... Mm-hmm. You know, an undergrad student, at least myself, reading about it has a different vantage point than I do now. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned a bunch of stuff and was interested in more things. So those two, actually, those two series uh, have been really popular. Jeffrey Dahmer, our series on that was absolutely popular as well. Um, Can I just make a comment on that one, on Dahmer? You, you may. That was a, a really difficult one to prep. How so? It was really disturbing. And that mm-hmm. takes a lot for me to say because yeah. I've seen a lot and worked yeah. with a lot and read a lot. But his was, um, I will say this without giving anything away, it still wasn't, I don't know if it is quite as bad as what I'm currently doing to prepare for Ramirez though. Right. Yeah, Ramirez by far has been the most horrific. Yeah, like the you have to have some tea and watch a Disney after you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself. And and I think I knew more about Dahmer. So I think I wasn't surprised as much. much Where Ramirez, I really have started from, I mean, I knew the general case. I knew who the Night Stalker was. I knew what he did. I knew when he did it. I knew who he he targeted. But I didn't know as much as what I'm about to share with everybody. Yeah, it's sort of like you knew as much as most of us Mm -hmm. knew, right? Like, Mm -hmm. especially I I lived in L.A., you know, I mean, you know, as much as we all kind of knew about it at the time. And then you take on something like, hey, we're going to do four episodes on Richard Ramirez uh, in February, starting in mid-February, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's, it's the same that I did with Manson. It's like something I've read about forever, but then producing it like in constructing it into something you realize how many holes you have to fill yeah. and the things you have to and know also about picking it. and choosing when Absolutely. you have books that are 600 pages long mm-hmm. or documentaries you're watching with a lot of irrelevant content and having mm-hmm. to decide how much of that is really relevant to what we're talking about but some of it does tie in it's work absolutely and i think that's true of so other episodes that were popular that you, I want I want us to sort of say whether we're surprised at this or not. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, the myths about serial killers was really popular. I am so surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised why that did so well. It's interesting that you're surprised. I'm I'm not surprised only because I. I mean, that was an episode I brought to the table in one of our conversations. As me thinking, like I think this will be a popular episode. Uh, it's just something that's everywhere and us it came about up it. because we had been saying in episodes previous mm-hmm. to that about yep. i know a lot of people think that and then we're like okay yeah yep. i was like we should just do the, like you know myths about serial killers and it's simple yeah to, to it us did really well but it did really well yeah. and um also the leaving neverland 
Uh, that does not surprise me. Did really well. That didn't surprise me either. It was such a That hot... was an episode I could not go back and listen to after we recorded it. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've listened to it either. So we should probably do that eventually. It was actually the first episode we decided to not do what the hell after also. Oh, yeah. I think it was in the middle of doing it too, or maybe just before we recorded. I think we, no, I think what happened was we got to the end of it and neither one of us brought up what the hell? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And we didn't even bring it up to one another. <laughs> I and think then I said something, we right? talked about, no, oh. neither one. And then we reflected on it later. We both kind of realized that neither one of us addressed it. And I think because it left us in such a mood. Yeah. After. I just wasn't feeling the funny. No, it, it wasn't really appropriate. No, it didn't feel appropriate. So, and then the other one uh, that I was, it was interesting to me. Oh, well, the. The show where we talked about the Ted Bundy's tapes documentary, like as a follow up to mm-hmm. um, that was really popular, but that didn't surprise me no. at all because Ted uh, the Ted Bundy episodes had been really popular. Um, then there was uh, the child crimes episode. Mm-hmm. It's literally it's newer than the Ted Bundy series and newer, obviously, than our first episode. But it was it's like the numbers are huge. Yeah, that one surprised me. It, it surprised me when we did it. I didn't think that many people, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense in my head. Yeah. In retrospect, but I was shy. I almost found like we, we did it because there were a number of documentaries and then I think the Jean Benet anniversary or something. And we're like, all right, let's do it. Had no idea it would pull, pull what it did. Yeah, I had seen the, I think I had seen the newer, the newest John Bonet doc at, at Sundance, and there had been a oh. lot of hype and a lot of The talk one where they bring that. the actors in? Yeah. Oh, that was awful. There had been a lot of hype about it and such. And so I had seen that. And then the Madeline McCann Netflix thing yeah. came out. And yeah. so we just, it made sense. And then, you know, I, I um I title the episodes. It's one of the things I contribute to the show. I title them and edit them together or whatever. And I remember titling that. I I don't remember titling the rest, <laughs> but that one I remember titling it, and and kind of really going back and forth and like oh mm. you know like bleh. Mm-hmm. How do I how do I make it so you know what you're going to get and mm-hmm. so you're prepped for the fact that this is delicate content, yeah. but it's also about these two cases. And so, yeah, the true crime psychology shows that we do, I had started titling them that so that mm-hmm. you knew that that's what it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a true crime, like like a serial or, a, you know, the different right. podcasts that do that. It wasn't a storytelling one. Well, and I think that's what we have really tried to, um, I mean, some, some, some of our true crime episodes will involve a narrative because sometimes, I mean, we part try of that to is take relevant. Cases, yeah. It's definitely relevant, but I think that that's what we try to do differently is anyone can read the book or watch the doc or or talk Mm -hmm. about something that everyone has access to, Mm -hmm. but going into the psyche of it is much more exploratory and and conceptual, and that's what makes it fun. For us, I mean, that's what we have to offer. Yeah. I mean, other than just recite. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, we could just talk about the movies. Absolutely. I would love to do that, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't know. I think the psych would come in either way because it's what we do for a living. So, um, I wanted to, I remember wanting to, I titled it, it was one of our true crime psychology, which I think is a phrase I coined. I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't have any idea. I never see it anywhere else. So, and then putting child crimes right after that, because I really wanted people to know that this is what you're in for. Like, we're going to talk about the death of children and let's go for it. But um, the Joker episode was popular. 
You know what one of my favorite episodes to record was? What's that? The Stephen King Pet Cemetery (laughs) episode. Only because for me, it was one of the first episodes... We talked. We talked a lot about death and grief and stuff on that, and mm-hmm. um, and there's personal stuff in there regarding. You know, I lost my oldest brother when I was a kid, and I think that one really felt cathartic for me. Right. That was a really, and I liked listening to that one. Yeah. So it's really interesting because, of course, there's episodes that we have done that don't get the numbers or the listeners that some of the other ones do, right? Like, mm-hmm. so the Ted Bundy's, and I'm sure Richard Ramirez will be popular, you know, the things, the Kuklinski and Manson and all that. And even some of the big movies, like a Joker movie or whatever. And But they're, they're ones that we loved doing. And, well, I also think that people probably saw that episode and thought that we were maybe just comparing the old to the new and it was much more about Stephen King but we really had an entire discussion around death and grieving yeah I, I entitled it death and grief in Stephen King's pet cemetery okay. so people do know that I don't know if that's what I originally titled it when we first yeah. put it out but that is what the title is now I so think you went yeah I think you did go back and rename some I of go them, back though. and I there was you know we've been learning and yeah. working it out so if you guys haven't listened to that episode though and that's something that's maybe personal to you in some way it's a good episode. It's a good um, story. The Pet Cemetery story is a great um, ground or earth for the discussions around death yes. and grief, for yeah. sure. And so I would say that I've been thinking about, you know, the the one that we did about Jordan Peele's Us and Get Out is actually... <sighs> Such a great episode. It actually has, like a similar listenership to the death and grief episode it's not it's definitely not bad it's just a little bit less than the sickos we talk about um but that was one of my favorite ones to do because when i started digging into that and really sort of researching what his intentions were and i had seen both movies really recently and just talking about and they're so psych centered they're I remember recording that episode and I remember listening to that episode and thinking we found our voice because it was the first episode where we really did what we were aiming to do when we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that feeling of listening to it and go going, like okay, a, this is what we wanted. Like, oh, that's something. This is what we wanted. There's something. Yeah. yeah. And of course that episode the joker episode is has had a similar feeling for me when when the material is so good that and it's so much there's so much psych in it you know like i said i believe every movie is a mental health movie but you know it's different from you know nightmare on elm street to it's just different it's mm-hmm. a different it's a deeper conversation when the filmmaker obviously is dealing with psych issues mm-hmm. like not him personally or her personally, but mm-hmm. they're deal. it's in the material and it's so rich. Yeah. That was, those are some of my favorite episodes. I know the men who kill their wives episode was pretty popular as mm. well. I think it's because people not, not only are people interested in the darker side of life, which is one of the reasons why uh, true crime is so popular uh, is we're all kind of exploring our own shadows and, trying to understand them and others. And I, is I think that 
that's what that episode was about as, as far as like people are just interested in knowing like why do men do that and mm-hmm. why are the wives with those kinds of people and mm-hmm. that kind of thing um yeah do you have any other let's see uh the other one i really liked that we did so getting more into the horror stuff yes. which is Lot, also another reason why we started this it's, we the, it's, the, it's the real reason the first yeah. it's the first reason yeah we got into it so i had a lot of fun doing the episode with my brother um mm-hmm. we're listening to the two of you go off and banter about the car and christine <laughs> that that was really funny but i think the the one that i um loved a lot was the omen and the exorcist oh, wow. and when we went into all the stuff that happened on the set with the exorcist there was a lot of scary stuff in that episode right I forgot about that one. Actually, yeah. I mean, those are two and we of my and favorites. we laughed at the poster at the log line on the poster because it was so bad. Let me see if I can find it. I <laughs> I remember that now. Now that you're saying that, I actually had kind of forgotten about that episode. Um, I'm trying to look up when we did. Oh, I see. It was a jet. It was our New Year's episode last year. <laughs> if something frightened. <laughs> Wait, this, if it says you have been warned, it may be the omen. If something frightening happens to you today, think about it. And it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> oh yeah. I had, yeah, I remember this now. I had found the original movie poster and I was like, and it was kind of a little bit of a, what the hell segment in a way. I was yeah. like, we went would, off about that poster. Yeah, I wanted us to, and I figured if I riffed about it a little bit, you'd, you would, you would do it as well because it was like, what? Those are two of my fave Halloween movies. Again, I like the possession. Yes. I like the possession movies. So those are two. That was probably an episode I probably wanted to do. <laughs> I guess those are two of my faves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always like when we do the Stephen King ones. I mean, I know we've done The Shining and Misery and um, all kinds of different ones. And so that's always enjoyable. I was wondering... And if, if that's all you wanted to say about our past episodes. I think so, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on, but I don't think it's it's that listen-worthy. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bore you to death. Yeah. <laughs> but we did want you to hear us talk about some of our favorites and also just, um, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you sort of don't know what, what the ones are to listen to, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. if you're a newer listener. And uh, so I just wanted to let you guys know sort of the most popular ones, but then also some of our personal favorites. I wanted to talk a little bit about our future mm. with this situation mm-hmm. here. I guess not to be ominous, but I would say that we're going to keep doing the show. <laughs> Why would that be ominous? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of set it up like, let's oh. talk about the future of the show as if I was going to drop some kind of a bomb, but I'm not. One of the things that we have talked about um, not on the show that you and I have discussed is what it takes to find new things in spe- specifically in the genre of horror to talk about. Because if you think about it, it's, it's pretty just surfaced as far as you know it can be and it really takes the work in going deep and re finding things to discuss or analyze or conceptualize and that's part of that is fun part of that takes a lot of work but what i was saying to you shannon before we started recording today was horror is really it's an evolving genre Mm -hmm. because what was once scary to people 
like the omen and the exorcist, although those really still stand today. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that like spiritual stuff doesn't hold up as much. They still make them, but they're not nearly as scary as they were. The field of horror is always changing. And now with Netflix and Shudder and all of these easy access, Mariana, four episodes, five episodes into all of this different stuff that's coming out that really represents the fear of living in the millennium and how it's very different than maybe in the 50s, what people or the 60s, like the sci-fi, apocalyptic, alien, everything changes. Yeah, we've got a lot of the, luckily we have a lot of familiar tropes, right? And we also, but we also have a lot of new things, you know, escape room or anything having to do with the internet or, you know, there's all of these new uh, cultural things that we just curious to see the black mirror. Yes. Clear, uh, curious to see what this next year of film mm-hmm. brings always. And we've definitely, you know, started to look at that. And I was telling Kathy earlier that, you know, I go through periods of time where I get very creatively like ramped up and I come up with some, what I think of course, cause why not? It, you know, wow, this, this would be a great episode. And I kind of go down that rabbit hole. And then there are other times where I get like people do, I get like, we've done it all, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> which of course isn't true, but you just get sort of like, oh, how do I make the, you know, how do I make this interesting? Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we do that? And I, I have a lot of, I actually, last week was a creative zone for me and I came up with a lot of what I think will be really interesting episodes for the year to come because we're sort of evaluating, we're having our 100th episode, sort of like the 2020, new Mm -hmm. decade, all that. And I think uh, what you're saying is important is that, you know, talking about trends is Mm -hmm. something that we could do along the way, especially in the Shrink Chat show, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, One of the things I was thinking of, and this is where... Kathy and I are haven't really spoken about this before. What are you pulling me into? <laughs> but I have a couple of thoughts about like things that may may be interesting going forward. It's like doing so what we've done before with Bundy and Dahmer and et cetera are these like three or four part true crime psychologies, and there we we may still continue to do that uh, once or twice a year with the people, but. I was thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if we did true crime psychology like standalone episodes? Because not everybody, not everybody is enough information or even enough interesting information for you know three part series. But Mm -hmm. like, and maybe uh, little known people. Like, I'm not going to throw out any names because I don't want to make any promises. But, but like. smaller notes so that we would be actually talking to people about people they might not know about well, remember when we did the villain episode and i brought up h.h H. holmes like he would be a perfect example of one episode right or albert fish is another oh, one he's a great one yeah some so, of the more historical ones the we historical could certainly ones, do you yeah. know and i realized that jack the ripper might be more than one episode uh there's a great book that came out about um from the women's perspective uh, about the five oh gosh i'm gonna forget the name i will again say about talk about it on shrink chat because i'm just about to read it but like Jack the Ripper might be more than one episode, but but is it the canon? Can, no, it's like the five lives of you know the women who were killed. Yeah, by they were called Jack like the, the canonical five or something like that. I don't know. Um, so that's one of my pitches to you is that maybe 
we keep our, you know, our documentary episodes, I think are really interesting because so many great documentaries come out on the streaming services. And I know that people like that, Mm -hmm. like when we talk about, you know, the different documentaries that come out. But I would also love to introduce the idea of single episodes on particular people. Yeah, I like that a lot. And some of those are super easy. I I mean, I can think of a a dozen in I mean, my we head came right up now. With, yeah, we just came up with two. The other so. thing is we're, we promise to continue to bring more horror. You know, oh, I yeah. know we have a, a huge audience of people who started to listen to us for the horror parts as well. And true crime is a, a really big, uh, we get a big draw for the true crime and it's really fun to do, but we are horror buffs. That's why we're here and we promise to bring you whatever's coming out, talking about it, whether it's good or bad. The other thing I'd like to um, to encourage, because we love engaging with the audience, um, and we do this on the Shrink Chat show where we do trivia and people either write in through email or respond on Instagram. But I would love for um, to have, and it may, it may not be every episode because it's really going to depend on you guys. So the more you participate, the more we can do it every episode or if we get you know in one week three people respond then we have three weeks of of information i'd like to add something called the scare zone where um someone sends in either a horror fact or something that they have witnessed or seen in their life it could be a ghost encounter it could be something that felt very paranormal or something maybe like um the woman I met, uh, Sue, uh, when I was... Yeah, you mentioned her earlier. Yeah, when she, you know, she had the encounter with Bundy. Anything like that where we could share that experience, um, if you're comfortable with that. I think those are just really kind of fun. And I, I've had ghost experiences myself, so... Yeah, you've any, shared them on the show before. Yeah, anything like that. And that would be our scare zone. And we'd love to add that at the end, maybe even whether it's part before what the hell or we'll or, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, something like no, that. No, it's like uh, listener stories basically. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and the segment would be called the scare zone. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Let's work on that. We could work on that. If for some reason you're listening to this episode right now and you heard that idea and you have an instinct to tell us a story, um, the email is terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. I think that'd be the best venue to mm-hmm. tell us the story or to at least reach out and say, hey, I think I have a thing. Would you be blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. we'll just we'll just go from that. It doesn't have to be long. It can be long. It can be short, whatever. And do us a favor too. Tell us where you're writing from because we love to know. Like if So we get people who listen from out of the country. We yeah. get people who listen across the country in the mm-hmm. same city. It's just kind of cool to be like, Shannon from Los Angeles. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Wherever. Um, that would be fun. I think that'd be fun. The other idea I had was one, I, ca- I want to keep doing s- certain things. Like I like, uh, I, when I'm looking at the show and working with it, I, I've kind of along the way compartmentalized different episodes for different things. So mm-hmm. it's like true crime psychology is mm-hmm. obviously an episode we do. Um, psychology of is an episode we do. So it's sort of like the psychology of, you know, Stephen King's pet cemetery yeah. or whatever. Um, if those shows have certain kinds of themes, I throw that in there, like the death and grief, et cetera, like you were talking about before. Um, we also do like, um, psychology of the documentaries type of thing. And then we do, um, horror like themed, but often it's like psychology and American horror story apocalypse right? and Mr. Mercedes or stuff like that, or the psychology of the omen 
And then we also do things that are, you know, this is actually what we usually do with the documentaries is I sort of entitle them therapists discuss and then whatever the documentary is, because that's what we're really doing mm -hmm. is we watch it and then we discuss it and we kind of, we either agree or don't agree and we talk about the psych elements of things. So those are all sections of things mm -hmm. that I would like to keep mm -hmm. as far as I can tell. And then, like I was saying, maybe add one-offs, but then there was something else and this is really, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I We're going to pick up a fifth show. No, no. I know. <laughs> she always is like, what are you trying to get me to do now? Um, <laughs> uh, YouTube channel? No. Yeah. Um, probably in the future. But <laughs> Live cameras in a reality show. <laughs> no. Lordy, no. Um, I was thinking like, Okay, this is not going to be what they are, but I'm going to go out on a limb here because I'm vamping. It's like five minute bullet episodes. It's like about one movie or about one thing. And they just sort of drop whenever. I don't or, know. Or yeah. it's a video we drop on our Instagram. Oh, videos. Oh, okay. Five yeah. minute drop. I was on talking a about the podcast. No, but, but I'm saying yeah. we could Oh, record it. Yeah. We could drop them on the podcast too, but we can sure. drop them in our Instagram. Or we could drop them in the Patreon too. Drop them in your lap. I can drop them on your head. Okay. Okay. Right on. <laughs> so this is an example of when we get, <laughs> when we talk about new ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes um, they're good and sometimes they're not. So send us your scary stories. Yeah. Kathy's attached. <laughs> <laughs> to all of you to the i'm haunting stories. all of you no we just uh we like to have different segments obviously yeah. and that's what producing is all about figuring out like different kinds of things to do and we're going to try to keep doing that and keep coming up with new and interesting things and if there's something that you've been dying to say like hey you guys should xyz always let us know because I take all those ideas and we have meetings and we talk about them and we often try them. <laughs> we do. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with our uh, 100th episode. What the hell segment. So we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Tara talking our 100th episode. We're going to do a little segment we like to call What the Hell. I always want to play a jingle right after I say that. I can like roar or something. Like the What the Hell jingle. Mm. You know Maybe we find that? one. Yep. <laughs> like each segment has a jingle. Then we just go bink. And then there's like a really stupid song about What the Hell segments. Anyway, I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> So Los Angeles criminals have a history of not being the brightest when mm. the LAPD is closing in on them. That's sort of the under pressure. Okay. We don't do particularly well. <laughs> LAPD has several crime units with special task force and special departments. I actually have a friend who, her that's what her husband does for a living. He's on some sort of SWAT something. Forgive me for not knowing. Or not exactly wanting to expose where he works on purpose. Mm. Um, just to... so. They have several departments to assist people, and uh, there was a car theft suspect. I decided to do things that were recent, so this is actually from um, December of 2018 in L.A. Um, <coughs> this person learned a very unfortunate lesson. So a family in, let's see, let me see here. 
Where did I? I lost my train. So the, <laughs> ah, this is where I giggle at my own story before telling it because it's super annoying as a listener. Anyway, so there's a family in San Jose that is now without a home and a suspect is badly burned. That's the way it ends. So according to Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office, around 4 p.m. on Monday, or this is actually in December. Sorry, I'm reading the, the um, Santa Clara County Regional Auto Theft Task Force. Wow. It's R-A-T-T-F. Who knew? And I know I was just talking about L.A., but I wanted to throw that in there. Um, They spotted a stolen vehicle, and the team attempted to stop the um, suspect, which is who is identified as a 29-year-old. I'm not going to say his name. It's already on the paper. Uh, As he left the vehicle and took off on foot. So they spot the, oh, hey, this vehicle is stolen, and somebody gets out and starts running away. And so the task force members quickly set a perimeter around the area, as they do, to try and catch the guy. And about 20 minutes go by, and the task force members, uh, or no, this guy breaks into a nearby home and refuses to come out. (laughs) Okay. So he knows he's trapped, right? And he's like, okay, they're going to set up a perimeter, and so I'm trapped. And so they find the guy because of course somehow i don't know how they figure out that he's in this house and they arrive and they barricade the suspect inside the house and i don't know how but somehow the homeowner was home but was able to run out of the house without injury i don't know maybe the guy let him go or something okay so this is where the story supposedly gets more interesting so he after he breaks into the house it catches fire i have no idea why or what? what the house catches fire that's just a bunch of bad luck <laughs> i know that's what i'm thinking like really <laughs> <laughs> he kept the house catches fire and whereas that might sound like an easy fix i mean police were already surrounding the scene um there's an armed suspect obviously but so with an armed suspect inside the house it's not even his house. The house is on fire, but they can't send the fire department in to save this guy's home because this guy has a gun. So they're not going to put the fire oh my God. at risk to go inside the house. So it's burning. <clears throat> so the suspect, um, I guess, must have had some other kind of plan, maybe an escape route. I don't know. I, I'm guessing he, you have to kind of think that the guy lit the house on fire. You'd think. You'd think, right? Yeah. Otherwise, that, that's some real bad luck. Yeah, that, that's just out of the what the hell realm. <laughs> it's just like not stupid. It's just crazy, like he's targeted by God or something. Um, you'd think, though, when he set the house on fire that he had some sort of a plan. Like, I mean, that it wasn't necessarily a I'd like to die in a fire, but that he had some kind of escape route maybe to get out. But no. I mean, okay. no. So the fire's raging. Um, LAPD eventually determines that the scene is safe for the fire department to go in. I guess they made a call, you know, someone's got to make a call. And so the firemen start working on the house from the outside and they get the fire almost contained. And so at that point they go in and remove the suspect who at this point already had substantial burns and had to go to the hospital and this was all as a result of a carjacking. This guy had carjacked. Good Lord. This guy had carjacked this stolen vehicle that the cops had seen. And this and, poor innocent person got caught up in their house being taken. Yeah. And then this out. guy's just trapped and runs into the first house he, he sees. Good like, God. you know, the house burns. But what police kind of figure out is like, why? So 
the carjacking thing is, you know, a few hours or days in jail. And then, yeah, a, ca- and then a case, of course, like, why all of the drama? <laughs> <laughs> So you why would see him like flailing and re- yeah, yeah? I know it's like carjacking is a pretty routine thing in LA. It's actually a misdemeanor now. Yeah, it's a pretty routine thing, is what yeah. they're saying. Like the police couldn't figure out what would make anyone stay in a burning house to avoid a few hours or days in jail. Because it's literally not, sadly, it's literally not, not a big deal. But what happens is they find out later that the suspect was staying in the house because he had a $25,000 warrant out of him, okay. on, out on him. But, you know, I think he's a contender for the dumbest a criminal of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Why all the drama, man? Jesus. Okay. Dumb crooks risk blowing themselves up. Well, I, and, we're all about the yeah, fire and explosion exactly. today. <laughs> In 25,000 pound ATM raid, then get caught by trail of banknotes. Okay. I wish I, you could see. They, they, first of all, they look like two little hobbits, these guys. <laughs> One of them's like wide-eyed. He looks maybe 13. And the other one looks like he's probably about 40, mm-hmm. but also in a weird way like he's eight. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. okay. You're going to have to work that out for us. So they, a pair of bungling crooks who blew up a cash machine were caught after they left a trail of banknotes leading to their hideout. Okay. So their ages are actually 32 and 20. The 20 year old looks about 12. The 32 year old just, I don't, I don't even know. They, they risk killing themselves and those nearby when they used gas to blow up an ATM on a uh, petroleum station in Stockport. Mm-hmm. So they, Manchester's Minshall Street Crown Court heard how the pair left 20, uh, 2,500 pounds of notes scattered around the area and a trail of cash in the direction they had made off. I don't know. <laughs> they raced to the scene, were quickly able to trace the getaway vehicle with the help of the force helicopter. Oh, my God. So now they have helicopters out on them. Prosecutor David Bentley told the court how the crooks were found hiding on the M56 gantry and the Withenshaw Junction, and an officer was forced to save one of them when they were unable to come down. Now, if you could see their faces, they already look like little kids, so I can imagine them, like, up in the tree or something. I was just just thinking that. Yeah. So he added, Myatt, in particular, was unable to budge from his perched position, fearing he was going to fall to the motorway below. Mr. Bentley added, the officer then grabbed his clothing and dragged him to a safe area. I'm just trying to picture all this in my so, head. So these grown men got themselves up a tree. They got themselves up into, like, a um, hiding up into a gantry, like, above a, a highway junction. I don't know what exactly that would look like. Okay. But he... Oh, they, I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Yep. And so they have to bring them down in the safe area. So they've they've... They've now blown up this ATM, and now they need rescuing. So the court heard how the two had plotted to pump explosive gas into the ATM, a type of crime which has swept the region in recent years, apparently. Um, So a lot of the officials drive to the forecourt shortly before 2 a.m. on January 11th this year. I'm sorry, the two, um, not the two, sorry, the two kids, I want to call them kids, they're young adults or adults, whatever, drive to this place, blow up the cash machine, sending the notes flying into the air. After being caught, 
Myatt's mobile phone is checked by the police, and there were images of the forecourt as well as internet searches for gas used in the explosion. His blood <laughs> is found on the cash machine itself wow. and glass fragments found in his shoe. <laughs> he said Bauer, or Boyer was said to be the brains behind the plot, but said he didn't physically get out to pump the gas or pick up the cash. I'm trying to picture all of this happening. Like One's like- in the car, in the getaway car. The other one's putting the the gas pump into the cash machine i feel like there were no brains in this no and they said they were in serious financial difficulty well duh and had good references from his employer who said he had a good work ethic okay yeah yeah i i looked up pictures of gantries while you were oh did you (laughs) while you were talking because i'm like i gotta picture this and um i see the pictures of them they're those bridge like overhead structures with the there's like this platform and they support equipment such as like cranes, okay. signals, lights, cameras. So they were perched up there. Yeah, which is, I mean, from the photos, that's a pretty precarious. I can understand why the guy was freaked out. They're very tall, and not all of them have a really great place to stand or sit. Like they're, they can be thin and very, very high up. And I, you're exactly right. It's a little bit like getting up a tree and then not being able to figure right. out how to get down. So they clearly risked a lot of people's lives with the explosion. Yeah. Um, so I guess they sentenced them for one for eight years and one for seven years, seven and a half years, because the judge was like, we want to deter people from doing this. And that's a pretty decent amount of, that's more than some rapists get. I was going to say, it sounds like they were made an example of. Yeah. Which is, you would hope that rape would have you know more but a lot of times rapists get like three years well even just carjacking we were talking about i mean that's extremely terrible and it's a misdemeanor in la i guess yeah so there you go blew up a cash machine with petroleum gas what the hell man what the hell Thank you so much for listening to this, our 100th episode. We so appreciate you. Those of you who have been listening for any amount of time, we appreciate that you're here and that you come back week after week and listen to both our shows and and also just interact with us in any way you see fit so that we can know what you'd like, what you what you care about and also just participating in the different things we do like trivia and our eventual scare zone. I so appreciate them. Yeah, I, I that would be really fun to have on the show to add something new for this. Yeah. The next hundred. Yeah, we're always trying to innovate, try to do new sh- shit. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.